Listening to audio from Memphis Christian Church. If you'd like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit memphiscc.info. Well, good morning. Wow, it's so good to see you all out this morning, and it's so good to hear you sing. Well, well most of you. People that were right there behind me. boys, great. Great to hear you guys sing. Well, I'm going to ask you to do something that I've never done before, so just brace yourself. I want you to take out your phone. Go, yeah, just go ahead and get your phone out. We're going to use them this morning. I want you to take your phone and I want you to go to the, the time setting, okay? So where you can set a timer, things like that. I'm going to let you set a timer, not for me, but for you. And I want you to set your timer for 25 minutes, just 25 minutes, but don't press start until we come back to this in just a minute and I'll let you know when to do that. Go ahead and put it on airplane mode. Uh, now so it doesn't ring and interrupt your timer but 25 minutes if you'll get it ready we'll come back and we will set that now while you're doing that I want you to think about all of the things that can happen in a moment a moment of time whether that's a second whether that's a minute whether it's several minutes or an hour but I want you to think about all of the amazing things that can happen good and bad in a moment. You know, as moments go, that moment of Jesus Christ's arrival on the planet, it, it, it was just another moment, right? It, it was a moment that could have, that looked so much like all of the other moments that some of which have already passed by while we're setting our phones right now. But there was something extra special about this moment. Because it was in that moment that the creator of the universe, the one who's bigger than the universe, made himself an embryo. The one who has the power to set time in motion, to even stop the sun for 24 hours in its place, the one with all of that power became, became helpless in need of a teenage mother for nourishment and, and care. In that moment, God made himself breakable and pierceable. The book of Galatians records it this way, but when the time had fully come, the time had fully come, at just the right moment, God sent his son born of a woman. When the time had fully come. That's an expression that we hear a lot this time of year as we sit around the Christmas tree on Christmas Eve and we read the Christmas account. It's a, it's a phrase that you're going to hear on Christmas Eve if you're here for one of our services or Christmas night. We're not meeting Christmas morning, but we're going to be right back here at 530 on Sunday, Christmas night. But it, 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 it's a phrase that we often hear this time of year. But I want you to think about the significance of that phrase. When the time had fully come, it's a reminder that big things can happen. Life-altering things can happen, sometimes in an instant. And in this case, what we're going to look at this weekend was a very calculated and deliberate event planned in eternity past that God was waiting for just the right moment to reveal. Now go ahead and press start on your clock, the countdown there, and just set it over to the side and we'll be back to that. Hope 
was delivered in the form of an infant. Now, not just any infant, but a child conceived by the Holy Spirit of God, the very image of the invisible God came for all the world. Yes, hope in Jesus Christ, but I want you to think about this reality that God could make himself an embryo, that God could make himself a child. Think about the hope that that brings to us, the reality that God can do anything that he chooses, that God can, can be there in an instant, that he can bring people to be with him forever. But when the time had fully come, Galatians said, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those under the law. What does that mean? The law was intended to point us to our need for a savior, that we might receive the full rights of sons. I want you to think about that moment that we're going to get to in just a moment, when we became sons and daughters. Because you're sons, God spent the sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. You're no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son, God has made you also an heir. Now, this event that occurred 2,000 years ago, it marks time for us. It's a series of moments that when fully engaged, delivers hope. Now, turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew where we see these several moments recorded for us in real time. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now, if you're new to MCC, those of you that I haven't seen for a few weeks, it's good, it's good to see you back. I watch for you every week, and that welcome home card is so important to me because I don't always get to say hello or to hear what's going on in your life. And on the back of that card, it says discover uh, connect, grow, and love. Those are all opportunities for you to share what's going on in your life so that we can pray with you and encourage you in your next step if you're looking to get connected. If you haven't done so already, just take a few minutes to fill that out this weekend. But Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, Matthew records the events of that moment this way. He says, this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Now, here's the first moment. Here's the first moment that was part of God's divine plan to deliver hope, and that is the hope of the world. Jesus Christ was completely divine and completely human. Now, this is significant for many reasons, as we're about to see. Jesus Christ was God in the flesh. That's what it means that he was completely divine. He was perfect in every way. We'll read in just a moment how he was sinless, even though he faced the same, the same temptations that you and I face, yet he was perfect. But yet he was human. He was dependent upon a mother's care. He was vulnerable. He was approachable. He was touchable. You see, from the moment sin entered the world in the Garden of Eden, man's required what? He's required a sacrifice. And God set up a system for that. The sacrifice was to be a pure, the very best, not the runt of the litter, 
But right, the firstborn, the best, a blemish-free lamb. If you were poor, it was a pair of doves. There were various sacrifices that God ordained. But the sacrifice for man's sin would not bring forgiveness of that sin. It would simply bring atonement of that sin, a setting aside of that sin. It was never meant to be complete. But what it was, was it was a foreshadow of what God had planned in eternity past. Long before the first man walked this planet, that God would send a perfect lamb. A once and for all sacrifice, not just to set our sins aside, but to forgive our sins, to make us whole again. Sin that separated us from God, that the separation would no longer be there. And just as a human priest in the old times would go before God with man's sacrifice of a blemish-free lamb to set aside our sins... Jesus Christ became the high priest who would present himself before God. He would present himself before God as the once and for all sacrifice, not just for sins of the past, but for sins of the present and sins of the future. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 9 says, Once made perfect, Jesus became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him and was designated by God to be the high priest in the order of Melchizedek. What in the world does that mean? Who's Melchizedek? Well, back in Genesis, we find that he was the only, he was the only priest that was also a king. And I want you to understand the significance that Jesus Christ, he's not just a baby. Jesus Christ is the King of kings and he's the Lord of lords and he's our high priest. It's why we don't come to an altar anymore. Our altar is Jesus Christ and it's only through him that we can approach God. And what I want you to understand is that this happened This happened in an instant and is fully human. Jesus Christ, he experienced every temptation. You say, oh, all these kids, they face so many more temptations than we did as a kid. But 2,000 years ago, the Bible says Jesus experienced every temptation that you and I experience today, yet he even in his humanness, did not sin, which made him the one and only perfect sacrifice. Think about it. These moments when you and I are tempted, when faced with a choice, Hebrews 4.15 says, we do not have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. Jesus understands He knows. He's walked where you've walked. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, the Bible says, just as we are, yet was without sin. Because Jesus experienced temptation as a human. He knows what we're going through today when we're tempted. He knows the times that we feel rejected and discarded. Aren't those the times that you're really, really tempted to give up, to lose hope, 
to just go completely off the rails. If no one cares, then why should I care? He felt weakness. There were times that he was physically exhausted. He would go and he would take a rest. He would go off to be alone. Boy, after Thanksgiving, aren't you ready for some alone time? Just for a minute. He felt hurt. He felt the pain of false accusations. But you know what gets me the most is that he ultimately felt the weight and separation that sin brings. Even though he himself was without sin. You know when he hung on the cross and he cried out, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? Do you understand the significance of that? I didn't for the longest time. But the significance is, is that at that moment in time, Jesus Christ felt the weight of sin. Not just your sin, but the sin of all mankind and the reality of the separation that that brings for that one moment. Jesus Christ was separated from contact with God. And that, that caused him to cry out, God, I can't stand this. He chose to feel that pain he chose to take on the sins of the world and experience the separation all so that he could reunite us. And in so doing, he finished the work that he was sent for, and that is to open the door to grace and mercy that we might enter with confidence. Confidence that what has been promised is ours. Let us approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Can you see the significance of that moment? Look down at your phones right now. Don't check your messages. Don't get on Facebook. That'll wait for a few minutes. But how many minutes have passed by. Where, where are we at in that 25-minute countdown? Let's say 14 already? I better speed it up. But I want you to think about, think about what he accomplished in his moments. Now I want you to think about the things that happen that are going through your mind right now, the choices, the thoughts the things that you are planning to do or not to do right now that have occurred, that have passed through your mind in just these last few moments. In another moment on a cross outside of Jerusalem, Jesus did this. Jesus secured our place in his family. He secured our place in just a moment he did. I often think about the turmoil that Joseph must have gone through that moment in Matthew chapter 1 where he discovered. Notice this is before the angel appears to him. But he learns, he finds out that the one that he's engaged to. Now engagements were very serious. There were certain pledges that were made, pledges of purity that were made and they were kept. And Joseph had kept his pledge. And he learns that the one that he is set to marry is with child. 
Matthew writes in verse 19, because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man. We talked about righteousness, what it is to be right with God, to be in alignment with God's will for him as a man. Because Joseph was a righteous man and didn't want to expose her to public disgrace. It wasn't vogue then to have, to be with child outside of the bond of marriage. Didn't want to pose, expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her. What does that mean? To break off the engagement. This is how serious engagement was. That the breaking engagement was like a divorce. I want you to think about that. So many hold Mary in such high regard as the mother of Jesus, and rightfully so. But I want you to think about Joseph for a minute. Joseph, who in just a moment we're going to see, would go on to welcome this child that he knew with certainty was not his, to welcome this child into his home. And not only his home, but to make him a true son. You know, it's a special day when a couple goes before a judge in order to adopt a child into its family. Many of you in this room, I've learned more and more the number of you that were adopted, either at a young age, maybe as teenagers, many in this room as infants. You were adopted, and it's a special day when a couple goes before a judge in order to adopt a child from another mother or father, a child from a different culture. But think about this case, a child from another world. You see, it's one thing to say that you can live with us, but it's a completely other thing to make that child an heir, one who will bear your name, one who will continue your family line. Verse 20 says, Joseph, he considered all of this. But when he had considered this, then an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. And then that angel said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid. I know this has flipped your world upside down, but don't you be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what's conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She'll give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And verse 25 says that when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home and his wife, but he had no union. He had no sex with her until she gave birth to a son. And he... He gave him the name Jesus. Joseph did. Joseph gave him his name. Joseph brought Jesus into his family, into his home. If you were here with us several years ago, it was within the first three or four years of our ministry, so 14, 15 years ago, I met three teenagers. They were 14, 15 years old. Uh, female and two boys. We, we learned after a period of time of them being here with us that they had received an Operation Christmas Child shoebox when they were but little kids. These three kids had been brought into a home of a local couple from Ukraine. 
Now, what you need to understand is that that adoption wasn't only complicated, but it was very expensive. We look at war-torn Ukraine today and Zelensky, their uh, president, and we think, poor, poor Zelensky. But what we've forgotten is that Ukraine is one of the most corrupt nations that exists. And during this time when this family brought these children home, I can't tell you, some of you understand this, the complications, the bribes, the payoffs that they had to make in order for this to happen. But nonetheless, what we need to understand is that they were destined at the age of 16, if they had aged out of the orphanage, she was destined to be a prostitute. And he, the boys, were destined to be criminals. In fact, they had already begun fighting and, and taking on the role of what it would be as a young man in that corrupt culture. All of this would have been their destiny were it not for a Christian woman in their orphanage and the will of God that in a moment brought a newlywed couple to Odessa on international travel. <laughs> and so one by one, these children were brought to the United States where they would stand before a judge and they would be adopted. They would become heirs. They would bear the name of their adopted parents. My friends, this is what God did for us in that moment when he took on flesh and he came to this foreign land where we were destined for destruction by sin and he adopted us into his family. But when the time had fully come, does that have more significance to you? It does to me. When the time had fully come, God sent his son to redeem those under the law that we might receive the rights of sons. I love the way Paul put it in Ephesians chapter 1 that God's unchanging plan from eternity past has always been to adopt us into his own family. And how did he do it? By sending Jesus Christ to die for us. And he did this because he had to. No. He did it because he wanted to. It brought him great pleasure. Now, one day, we're going to stand before the judge. Was that somebody's 25-minute timer? <laughs> All right, if it was, somebody set their timer a little fast. <laughs> but one day, we'll stand before the judge, God, and listen. When we stand before the judge, the judge, he's going to say one of two things. He's going to say, depart from me, for I never knew you. Or he's going to look at you and he's going to say, welcome home, son. Welcome home, daughter. Enter in to my rest. What a moment that was for Joseph when he chose to welcome Jesus into his family. And what a moment when Jesus chose to welcome us into his now, I want you to think with me. Do you, ever, do you ever wonder if God gave that moment, either of those moments, the moment that he came and took on flesh and blood, that moment when he was taken and 
placed on a cross by his own will? Do you ever wonder if God gave those moments a second thought? You you know, he could have postponed it. (laughs) Nobody would have known the difference. He he could have chosen to, to stay in heaven and just forego this exercise. He could have come as a man in another era when society wasn't so silly and so volatile, when people would have listened better, or when crucifixion wasn't the method of punishment. But he didn't. Why? (laughs) Why now? Because from the face of Adam to your face and mine, he... He saw us all. Psalm 139 says that he saw every moment. He saw every day. He saw the moment that you were frightened. He saw the moment that your ego was on steroids and in overload. He saw the moment that you were hiding out because of something that you looked at or did he saw this moment and not only did he see you and see those moments but he he chose to love you and because he could bear your sins easier than he could bear you and I living without hope he left heaven and became an embryo He grew up as a young man and experienced all of the temptations that we experience, yet he was without sin. In a moment, he went to the cross and he felt the weight of all of those sins that he never committed. (laughs) He felt the weight of it all and the separation that that brings. Also, that he could bring us into his family as brothers and sisters and for God to be our father. You see, what God did 2,000 years ago in a moment reminds us that big things happen. (laughs) Life-altering events take place, sometimes in an instant. And friends, that should give us great hope, great hope hope for this moment right now you see it's never just a moment it's never just a moment every moment is known by him now you can go ahead and stop your timer before the alarm sounds or is already sounding but i want you to set your phone back down and i want you to think about the moments that have passed by. If it was one moment a minute, there were 25 of them. If there were one moment a second, well, there would be a bunch. But I want you to think about the moments that have passed by just while you've been here and the significance of those moments. And I want you to think about the life-changing things, the life-changing choices the life-changing circumstances that have crossed your path, that have been made known to you, and that you have embraced 
in times just like this, in moments like these. This morning, the Nieder family's chosen to embrace such a moment. It's one of those moments, she just wake up? <laughs> okay. It's one of those moments that parents like Greg and Amanda embrace. And, and it's that moment when a parent chooses, when they come before a group of people and make their choice public. And here you're very familiar with this. It's the choice to stand before you and say, we're making a pledge. We're making a promise that we're going to raise our child to know the Lord. Now that choice affects every moment from this point forward. It affects the choice, the moments when they, they'd rather stay in instead of being present for worship. It, it addresses those moments when as a parent, they want their child to assimilate and to be part of the group, <laughs> but they know, they know that there are some things that their child is gonna have to hear no to because it's best for them. It's what God desires for them. It's those moments when they're gonna have to explain what's going on around them in the world and, and say, you know, that's what they say. But this is what God's word says. This is who you are in him. This is a significant moment. And so I, I'm gonna invite them to come up right now to the platform with young Avery, the youngest of three. I am assured that they have many more to come, but this is the third. Come on up. But this is, this is beautiful Avery. And uh, Avery's only three months old. You, you might not be able to tell that. But Greg and Amanda's kids, they have to wait until they're able to be up in front of people because they're already talking and walking and doing crazy things. But, but this is beautiful Avery. And Avery and her mom and dad come. And Avery, this is more about them than it is you right now. But today, your mom and dad make a very, very special commitment. And what a great church family, as you know, as you've shared in this moment twice before. It's such a special family to be a part of because what we do downstairs, what you're doing right here is so, so important to them and to Avery's future. I look at my daughters that are now 16 and 11, and I look at their relationship with God, and I told Bill the other day, or Nancy, I'm like, where did that come from? And it's because of you. It's because of teachers on Wednesday night and those that have loved them downstairs and youth coaches today in their small groups and youth ministers like David that pour and invest and affirm what mom and dad are trying to teach them at home. We ask every family that comes to dedicate their child to choose a verse that speaks to their commitment, their hope for their child. See, it's a rowdy, rowdy child. <laughs> and their choice was Romans 12, 2. Anybody remember that verse? Don't conform, Avery. Avery, don't conform. Don't be 
like the world, but let God transform you by the renewing of your mind. We're going to fill your mind. We're going to fill your heart with God's word. And we do all of that so, Avery, you'll be able to know what his will is, (laughs) his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So will you join me now in this prayer of dedication? (laughs) Father, thank you for this beautiful girl. Thank you, Lord, for her spirit. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit that will one day dwell in her when she chooses you. Thank you for her health. Thank you for giving her to a family that loves you so. Not just first generation Christians, but second and third grandparents sitting in the seats here to encourage as well. Father, thank you for bringing Avery to this church family that provides so well for young families and kids. You've given us so many. And we ask, Father, that you would help us to help them as they raise her. Lord knows they'll need all the help that they can get. Thank you for Greg and Amanda. May you bless them and give them strength and courage as they lead their children. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, after the service, we've got a certificate and a little check that'll help you a little bit. All right? Yeah, I know it is. I know it is. Congratulations, guys. Well, we've seen now how Greg and Amanda have chosen to use this moment. What are you going to do with this moment? Can I suggest just maybe a couple things to consider? One is, if you've surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, you have his spirit living inside of you, then you recognize today that you would not have the hope that you have were it not for Jesus Christ leaving heaven and coming into this world and embracing every moment of his life in a way that would lead to this finish, this privilege that we have to be sons and daughters of the King, to be saved, to know that our eternity is secure, to have his Holy Spirit empowering us. And my friends, the use of these next few moments at a minimum should be an outpouring of praise and gratitude. I don't know why sometimes we don't just get down on our knees where we're at. I sure don't know why people like me who understand the significance are too ashamed to raise our hands because we've never done it before. But this is your opportunity to express to him your gratitude in this moment right here. And may that overflow into the other moments of your day for some of you in this room it's the opportunity in this moment to say I'm a believer I've been immersed but I've been kind of doing things my way and you say what do you mean I say well you're not part of the church family here you think that life is just fine you can be a great Christian without it well my friends that is not what God teaches us You need and you are needed in the family of God. There are things that only you can fulfill in God's plan for you. And this is a great place to do that. And so 
in this moment, I, I ask you to just quit holding back and come stand before these people just like Greg and Amanda did and say, I want to be part of this family. And the most important thing that you can do with this moment, if you're outside of Jesus Christ, is in your heart of hearts, you bow down before him and you make him Lord and Savior of your life. He's earned it. He's done everything in order to open the way for you. And so you come and you be baptized. If, if you don't want to do it today, at least come and make your profession of faith and invite your parents or your family members and, and those that you want to see, see you make this decision. You invite them back and, and let's do it next weekend right here. But you come today and you receive him as Savior and Lord of your life. Don't let this moment pass you by. Remember what Galatians says, when the time had fully come. My friends, it doesn't take a stopwatch to let you know that the time has come. Stand with me.